0: Hey there, movie fans. This is Pete from Box Office 30 Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to mention our sponsor for this episode, HalloweenCostumes.com. What a great website. We're coming up in the Halloween season here. If you're a big movie fan, this is a great place to get some serious movie costumes. I was just taking a look through the homepage, and just on the homepage alone, I see Jurassic Park, League of Their Own, Ghostbusters. Alice in Wonderland, Avengers, Harry Potter, Scooby-Doo. I mean, they've got a little bit of everything. I see Harley Quinn. Great stuff available from this website. So please head on over, take a look. We have a promo code available for you to use. Check this. 20% off of one item, one use per customer, valid through November 6th. If you want to take advantage of this, use our promo code TRNHALLOWEEN2021. I'll also put a link in the show notes for this episode. Again, you can't beat the website, you can't beat the costumes. Go check it out. HalloweenCostumes.com
1: The following is a presentation of the
0: Retro Network. Wrap in movie fans, we're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete, and I'm Michael, and, and this, this is Box Office 30. Office 30. welcome to box office 30 we're back with our review of hot shots i don't know what we're gonna do with
1: this (laughs) i I don't know like so i have to start off by saying i did this in like a four sitter because i kept having to pause it i kept missing jokes as i look away to write down notes and i kept missing things to laugh at and i wanted to like I couldn't enjoy the movie
0: because I was trying to take notes. <laughs> well, it's obviously got us so confounded. We forgot to even mention who we are. So uh, if you're a new listener to the show, I'm Pete. My good friend and co-host here is Michael. And and we are confounded by this film. I think we thought this was going to be a great idea to, to do this one. And man, it, it ended up being a lot trickier than I think we thought
1: it was Yeah, to be. Yeah, like, and my notes came out very stream of consciousness, sort of like verbal diarrhea. And I just sort of wrote everything down as I could. And I don't even know. It doesn't make any sense. I just <laughs> wrote like one of my footnotes here
0: says, leaf blower period
1: (laughs) that's it
0: (laughs) and yet as soon as you say it i know the reference and i'm already like laughing because i was laughing watching it in the movie um just to give our listeners some some insight this is probably going to be a different review episode than we're typically used to doing and it might be a little on the shorter side and part of the reason why is michael is like right in the path of Hurricane Henri Yes so, <laughs> um, I think I'm going to probably get Like the, the edge of it I, I'm, I'm lucky enough I think that I'm only going to be getting that in But even with that said I was still like Up on a ladder trying to like make sure my gutters Were clear this morning <laughs> I,
1: I, I could have. I could literally lose power During the podcast for all we know My dad delivered me a generator From his shop nice. that could literally Power like a 747 And I'm like we, we turned it on Today and it was so loud like shook the neighborhood i was like oh we've boy. got one of
0: those here at the new house um i don't know the whole backstory of it but it's basically almost the same age that we are and uh <laughs> it looks to be some kind of commercial generator it's inside the garage which is interesting because i i just can't imagine the vocs that are coming off that sucker when <laughs> oh, when man. it's running but uh we haven't had to use it just yet but uh i don't know i I'm hopeful for you that the uh, hurricane does not um, cause you too much trouble.
1: We rarely lose power in this house, but this was everyone's like, PSC and g Long Island is like you could be without power for 7 to 10 days and I was like oh fantastic
0: with with toddlers and little kids great this is yes.
1: great this is going great yeah the
0: priority <laughs> is keep the uh, fridge running so that way all your stuff doesn't turn no, to no my priority was
1: go on Netflix download as many episodes as right. I could on my iPad in the event we lose power that was my goal
0: <laughs> I hope you have like a little solar generator for the iPad because once you watch a few of the it's gonna be d e d oh, I've got the 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 big battery
1: pack, the whole oh, yeah, trust me i'm I'm ready to rock and roll. and speaking of ready to rock and roll, let's dive into yes. this movie because there's a lot to digest, but then there's also not a lot to digest because it's sort of like a I don't know, is is vacuous the right word? It's sort of just like <laughs> i I don't really know. like let's put it this way. I will come off the bat and say, I love this movie. I still love this movie. 30 years later. I still think it's hilarious. I think it's great. But it's not a very intellectually complex film. You need to think about it in a real deep-rooted way.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's like we were talking about last time. The reason this so appeals to me versus so many others, because I started really looking at This is your the humor. Last... This whole
1: movie is your humor. Oh, for
0: sure. <laughs> but and, and like, this is the reason my humor is my humor is is stuff like this you know like i'm i'm talking this is very formative type of movies for me like you know this is the type of stuff where like i got into it and i was like it was just so silly so over the top i just love it and like that's what's so informed a lot of what i find funny and try to be funny when i'm goofing with my kids or friends or whatever um but (laughs) you know it's still for me really held up after all this time oh yeah you know, I was about to say that when we finished the last episode, I started looking around like there's got to be other modern spoof movies. And the reality is there's actually quite a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we hear about them because I think they're all just really crummy and they don't really yeah. ever make like the main thing. You know, I mean, it's it's they kind of like I saw there was one that was like spoofing. Fifty Shades of Grey. And I'm like, I'm not sure that that movie even needs a spoof. It's kind of like, probably like a a watch through of that is almost funnier unto itself than whatever the spoof came out to be, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we covered a little bit on the last episode, like movies like movie 43 and all the scary movie uh, spoofs or whatever. But like, I don't feel like any of them are nearly as good As this movie and I think a lot of that has to do with the ensemble cast in this movie because they all work off so well with each other they have such good comedic timing and they just the jokes just sort of flow so fast I I, I think I said to you there's a joke like every
0: five seconds in this movie like you 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 sneeze and you'll miss it and you know it's not only like like I'd love to see the original screenplay for this and the the funny thing is I tried looking for it And maybe somebody out there has a better source for finding these things, because mostly all that I could find was transcripts, Mm -hmm. which is not the same. But I would love to see the inside of the original screenplay (laughs) for this, because I want to know when you're making a movie like this, like, are you actually sitting there months ahead of time writing out every single one of these gags? Or is it more like everybody gets on set? Everybody's all like goofy and loopy from just the super silly thing and it just starts leading to one after another after another because there's so many like not only like as written or spoken gags there's so many sight gags and like yeah. like just sound like one of the things i don't know if you were thinking about this as you were listening or watching back through there's so many silly fully gags in this too you know like Just weird little dopey sound effects that somebody was having the time of their life adding in. Yeah. In in post, you know? (laughs) Like, you know, it's it's just insane some of this stuff. (laughs) I, I
1: feel like a lot of this movie, certain parts of it definitely were scripted. Like what pops in my head is like you know when lloyd bridges takes the handkerchief and puts it between his two ears and he and he does the thing because he's like oh there's a, you know i think this is like stainless
0: steel in here it's like stainless yeah, steel. No, he said that he got shot through both ears in like <laughs> vietnam or something ridiculous yes and so it went through both sides you know he's like a stainless steel pipe through it right i mean like yeah. the the injuries that he has are just like not to be believed he he says something like his 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 skull is like ceramic or something like that
1: (laughs) and his his eyes are something else like he's he's like all kinds of crazy stuff and i'm like i i don't know if that was scripted or they said hey we we need a a joke about your eyes and they just let him riff until something came up because for me and and kind of how i want to take this this episode of the podcast is i want to take the main cast of the movie and sort of like dissect each one of their characters a little bit and talk about how they're very unique and funny in, in their own sort of ways because I feel like that's the best way to explain this movie because each one of these characters is unique in their own sort of way. I think that's I think
0: that's our plan here. Um but before we dive into that I I'd, I'd almost like to do <laughs> like a follow-up recall on this now that we've watched it because you know, one of the things that, you know, I think you and I were trying to remember last time, and neither one of us could come even close to it, is what is this movie about? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the funny part was, there's actually like a full plot to this. Yes! Like, if you there's stripped there's- away all the silliness, there's actually like kind of like an actual plot hidden under the... Yeah, there's like an oh, A, a plot, plot and a stuff. B plot. Yeah.
1: And basically the real like meat potatoes of the movie is that some sort of like government agency or, or private contractor wants the pilots who fly the regular jets to fail so that the government is forced to buy these other jets. And like their Lieutenant commander is affiliated with this secret organization to try to sabotage the mission to show that the regular planes they have are no good and they need to get, um, these new planes and it it's basically that whole plot of the movie let is about eight minutes of the film
0: (laughs) (laughs) well like it's funny because it's like as you say like they i guess they felt that they needed to have some overarching narrative narrative to this um and that kind of ends up being one part of it and then the the flip side of that which in a way ties into it is the whole idea, and we'll probably talk more about this when we talk about Topper in general. That uh, he has these severe, like, daddy issues um, that has has like really, like, you know, affected his ability to fly and his reasoning for flying, and, and kind of like colored his whole life. That he was given this one story about his dad and and like leaving a friend <laughs> and behind, and they it called out it to kind of not be quite as true in the in the end. <laughs> they called it. Parental
1: Conflict Syndrome. Yes.
0: that's that's what he's suffering from,
1: which is really funny. And, you know, it's honestly, it's interesting because the way they weave these two primary stories together is, it feels like to me sort of like a Seinfeld episode because it's almost a movie about nothing where
0: certain things are happening at the same time, you know? Right. And I feel like so, I mean, this movie is informed by a lot of other films as spoof movies are, but quite a lot of this is informed directly from Top Gun. Yeah. It's it's really trying to borrow a lot of likewise character tropes and things like that to sort of, you know, fill in, you know, who our characters are. But what I thought was interesting. It's
1: It's actually a combination of two. It's sort of like Top Gun and Iron Eagles because the whole dad narrative comes right out of Iron Eagles yeah for sure and it's funny enough it's bookended by dances with wolves
0: yes i actually it's funny you point that out i said that to angie as soon as i was watching the movie because it it, it very quickly um when he goes to meet topper in the beginning i was like holy cow we were just doing this movie eight months ago (laughs) but yeah it it is funny because you know i was like trying to think you know throughout this i was like how do kind of topical are they to the current time they're in? And I thought it was funny that they were borrowing from that because that was probably such a big deal movie Mm -hmm. at that time that they were like, oh, we could totally pay homage to this thing. And it would have been it's funny to us because it's like it's a spoof that we're seeing now that we were joking on this, you know, 30 years ago that we saw that. And now, like, here they're doing it. But to them, it was really recent. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, that was extremely recent humor to the, mm-hmm. to, you know, um, Dances with Wolves. So, it, it's very funny to think about that through the, uh, the 30-year prism. But, yeah, I mean, it just so cracked me up because there's so much that it borrowed from Top Gun. But then the funny thing is, story-wise, they really kind of took a different yeah. direction. Yeah, they had know? their like, own
1: story. Chris. Yeah, like,
0: they could have really tried to stuck you know, to the narrative of that, but they really just kind of borrowed a lot of like set pieces and character kind of motivation and things like that and kind of just went a different direction. So but funny enough, they did actually shoot
1: aerial sequences because they're at the start of the credits. There is a, a like a, a credit for a second unit aerial cinematographer that filmed a lot of the aerial stuff and the jets and things like that.
0: It's funny you say that because I was curious if that's the case in, in some of it. But the other thing is I was looking around trying to do my normal research. And unfortunately, I don't have it right in front of me right now. How but dare they you? Actually, they, I know. <laughs> they actually lifted footage from another 1991 um, uh, like film that dealt with like Navy jets. And I'm trying <laughs> to see if I can look it up again now. Um, but I was curious if they were almost even, now that you're saying that, crediting the folks from that movie, the because they movie. basically just stole, foot, like, there's there's footage in this movie from Rocky 3. Yes. There's footage from from that. I'm trying to remember which, oh, it's going to drive me crazy now if I can't find it again. Mm-hmm. Um But it just so cracked me up that it was, like, just yanking from other films, and I guess it's, like, kind of a good cheap production value to, to do so if you have the availability of that. <laughs> Here, I'm going to put a pause in it and let me see if I can find that. Okay, sure. <laughs> Uh,
1: I wasn't even going to talk about it and then you said that and I'm like well now I gotta
0: talk about it <laughs> <laughs> okay I've got it Um, Flight of the Intruder, which is also, like I said, a 1991... I love that movie. Flight of the Intruder is a great um, movie. They borrowed quite a lot of that. matter of fact, um, this is saying uh, that the flyby of the four planes when the pilots arrive at the aircraft carrier was directly lifted from the film, as were shots where the bombs are loaded into the aircrafts and where the planes launched for their mission attacking an Iraqi nuclear plant. So, interestingly, it's actually borrowing some some plot from that, too, because... um, That's kind of the the mission at the end of Hot Shots is they have to bomb like a Iraqi um, like base or or something like that. (laughs) So
1: I have to just before we dive into the characters, I have to point out one particular line that I realized that I said for years later is there's a part in the beginning of the movie when we find out what happens to Topper's dad, and they're yelling the G forces, the G forces. <laughs> when I would like ride my bike really fast as a kid, and we're like going down a hill, I'd be like the G forces, <laughs> so just yell it out. And I didn't realize where I got that from till yesterday, basically. Amazing,
0: which is, which is hilarious. So, okay, let's what was do. What's funny about that? In I know we keep like just launching into these random things, but this is, this movie is so random. I don't think we're going to help to be able to do anything, but, but the funny part was, you know, there's been some of these movies that we've rewatched. And of course, as you start rewatching it, you're like, Oh yeah, that's coming back to me. That's coming back to me. But what was so wonderful about rewatching this was the gags that you would start to remember, particularly stuff that run throughout the film where like, you know, the point in case and the one that I was dying when it first happened because i was like oh my god this is gonna happen the whole rest of this movie now is in the dances with wolves scene when he comes in and he sits down and you hear this like Yerp, and like the dog <laughs> they, they take it out they and it is the same action every time they pick the dog up from under themselves Just like it, rub it once and then like put it aside and that gag happens throughout the whole rest of this movie it, with it happened thing. like three or four times the movie <laughs> <laughs> and it's so great because I was just like like as soon as that happened like Andrew was like kind of walking around in the room behind me and I was like they're gonna pull that dog out like five more times in the rest of this film now because they keep sitting on it throughout the whole movie and it's so random it doesn't make any sense, sense. Like, why no would sense. that be there and yet it's so great and I loved it <laughs> and I was just like I, I was texting you like you know five minutes into the movie like it's just, this is gonna be a complete show trying (laughs) to review this because I'm just like cracking up and recalling all these various like goofy little gags that they had put in throughout the whole thing
1: yeah there's there's so many things like even going back to topper's you know parental conflict syndrome they even make a joke like what they say oh i saw an after school special about that they're 10 years off from the vaccine <laughs> like what <laughs> what where do they even go or like there's this whole sequence where uh ramada and topper like are falling in love and like He's playing Rocky and she's Adrian. They do Gone with the Wind. yeah the, Superman. Then they, uh, <laughs> uh, when they do the Superman and Lois and he's got a T emblem on his chest, I literally lost it. I, I was have to like, give
0: them like some credit too, you know, because I'm sure that you know, we talked a little bit about the budget of this last time, but like as that goes, you know, like that they were building these like random little set pieces for like these like five second gags, you know what I mean? And they did a darn good job. Like they actually really made those look quite a lot like each of the films that they were portraying in in those moments. So I was like, they did a really decent job with that. I I think the, the only fair way to treat this as you kind of have already indicated is to try and talk about this through some of the, the characters. So maybe let's start off on that. And I, I think we have to start, with Topper Harley, which yeah. which even unto itself, you know, amongst the things I was finding as goofy facts about this. I mean, like the name Harley, very obvious where they picked that up from. Yeah. But there's such a thing as a Harley Topper. Oh, is there really? <laughs> yes, which is like a a mid 60s, like motor scooter that they were producing, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And then they were also actually saying, and I don't know if this is a mistake in the movie or like actual you know, something that they just kind of, like, gloss over. His actual name shows up on a tag that he's wearing early on that says, Sean. So, like, Tupper must actually just be, like, a nickname. Well, like is essentially the thing. It,
1: it said Topper on his on his flight helmet as well. That like that's like his call name. Like Tom Cruise was Maverick, and yeah. you know no one knows what Maverick's name is in that movie. Everyone no, one, <laughs> no one remembers. But I, it, I guess that must be his his call it name. It's Funny because like
0: even on your jet, normally it would say like Sean Topper yeah. Harley, but I don't <laughs> feel like we see that a lot. So fun fact for for listener land. apparently, his name is Sean.
1: <laughs> there you go. So I'll tell you right now right out of the gate Charlie Sheen is doing his best Tom Cruise through this whole movie but still being Charlie Sheen at the same time 100%. like th- there are moments especially when he's wearing like the aviator glasses he looks like Tom Cruise like
0: I- exactly it's frightening and no, like the scenes with him on the motorcycle it's like you lifted it straight like if you kind of like cross your eyes yeah. like you couldn't tell the difference yeah you, know? you could not <laughs> and
1: you know funny enough he plays more of a straight man in this movie than a lot of the other characters. He makes some jokes and he's quippy and whatever, and he does funny things, but like his character, or at least he plays his character very serious, like he goes all in on this thing, yeah and, and he just he does funny things he's super charming and what's funny about it is like looking at charlie sheen now knowing what we know about charlie sheen 30 years later and uh, (laughs) yes the the, the winning version of of charlie sheen like he's still like he still has this charm to him even though he's you know evolved into this other persona as time has gone on but like you want to root for him you like him you care about him He's fun. He's funny, especially when he's in the jet and like, he does the thing where his jets not working. He he flips the, I forgot about the the flipping of the plane over and he like (laughs) goes after the Iraqi jets and he's taking them out in various ways. It's so funny. And he's just like, like, it just feels like a guy you could connect with, even though it's such a silly movie. And I really enjoyed that.
0: He's really at his finest here. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that he did in the 90s that was really good. I mean, like, he's the main character in Major League, too, right? Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. Big time. Um, and, uh, I think he's better in this than he is in Major League. Though. I think
0: so, too. Yeah, but I think it's almost because he's just a little bit more like kind of like a weird, angry, stoic character in yeah. that. So it's not, you know, he doesn't have the, the range to do what he does here. But I was really impressed watching back through this. And it was funny because I was really started thinking about that between... Him and John Cryer and Ryan Stiles. I'm like, holy cow, this is like totally preceding two and a half men. Yeah. You know, and like everything that does come down the road um, for them. But yeah, he was, I was really impressed by him yeah. in this. And the more I started thinking about, and I probably got to go back and watch that now because I'm going to be itchy if I don't. Hot Shots Part 2. Oh hopefully um, hopefully it'll come
1: around next year when the <laughs> 93 so two
0: years but okay. but yes I I would I would be very hopeful that that does as well because I was reading a few things and remembering some things about that and I think I almost remember liking part 2 it better it's one of those yeah. like rare things where the sequel's even better than yeah. the first movie and that's already a high bar because I really feel like this movie is is amazing but um what I love about him in addition to the multiple things that you just listed is that he's very earnest and i really, Mm. everybody in the film is really earnest. I'd love to see a gag reel from this movie because there's no way so many of them kept straight faces through all the time. But like, you know, they're just doing such silly stuff and they take it at face value. They live in a world where nothing is out of the ordinary. Nobody's, looking at something silly happening in the background and questioning. It's just like, oh no, that's, that's just, you know, how things are. And there's no one who exemplifies that more than him. It's just the stuff that he's doing and seeing and experiencing, as you say, because sometimes he's just acting the straight man off of so many other good things that are going on. It's just so great. It's so great. And like, (laughs) you know, as much range as you can possibly have in a role like this, he does have, you know I mean? Like you say, he really like, Is very suave at times. He's very silly. I mean, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I really enjoyed him in this role. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he really nailed it. I I have to go with next
1: the antagonist, who I'm going to say his last name wrong, but he's, you know, everybody's favorite from Princess Bride, Robin Hood, uh, Men in
0: Tights. It's Carrie, is it Ewells or is it Els? <laughs> <laughs> so I think last time we were talking the Mandela effect of that, because I think when we were younger, it was just Ewells. And then some point it became Elwes, which I'm pretty sure is how it's said now. But then Ange walks into the room, like I said, like in the kind of the beginning of the movie, she's like, oh, I forgot Carrie Ewells was in this. And I went, see, see, I knew that people still that was his name. So I, I don't know. I'm very confused about what that guy's name is. But I... I I'm pretty sure most people these days would tell you Elwes, but I I don't know. At, at the point in time I saw this movie, it was... Great. It was Yules. So yes, for we me were too. either just being, as you said last episode, dumb Americans that didn't know what his name was and just were assuming, or, I don't know, something. Maybe he changed it at some point. <laughs> so he plays
1: Kent Gregory, which is essentially Val Kilmer's Iceman in Top Gun. Yes. And... He doesn't have a lot of screen time in this movie, but every scene that he has, he steals and he owns it and he's just funny. Like, I don't know, like there's just something about him that in anything he does, whether he's a good guy, a bad guy, whatever, he's always charming. He's always fun and he's just so likable even when you know that he's supposed to be the antagonist in the movie, you just like him. And then there's this whole sequence with like a, a chafing dish or a crock pot or something like that. And he goes and steals the chafing disc from Ramada's apartment. And it's just like this funny little things like this is mine. It was just like, so random (laughs) doesn't make any sense. But like, you know, he is the most antagonistic Towards Topper Harley, thinks that Topper is a bad guy. He's reckless. He's dangerous. Yada yada yada. He should be the Which leader. All
0: just straight out of out oh of god, it's oh, the literally. exact same thing that Val Kilmer's doing. That whole what,
1: what thing. I find so funny about it is like so the the my favorite part about his character is actually his flight helmet which is just a giant american flag and he's from london england (laughs) and he's just but he's doing his best like american character (laughs) this this giant american flag red white and blue all over and it's really funny and he's just cool like he's just a good character for some reason he has some sort of relationship with ramada but she doesn't seem to even like him all that much and she kisses him and then five seconds later is having sex with Topper Harley. So it makes no sense. It's just so out of this world.
0: So speaking of uh, Valeria Galino as Ramada Thompson, um, you know, in the first in Top Gun, I forget the, the actress and the character, but I think she was like. You're thinking of uh, Kelly McGillis. Thank you. Yeah. She wasn't a psychologist in that, though. She was, was she was one of the instructors. Or I think like so. Yeah. Something like that. You know, yeah. so in this, they have her pegged as like a psychologist. And it's like she's the shrink that he needs to go essentially meet and see in the beginning of the movie. So, you know, he meets her at first on the scene with the, the horse and the motorcycle, which I was just giggling like an idiot the whole time through because it's just like he gets you know, like especially when you know how like, you know, the butter and the bread is made behind the scenes. And you're like watching like these goofy things where like, you know, like you can clearly see there's like a stunt person riding the motorcycle for like the really cool wide shots. And then you get like these like three quarter shots where he'll be like balancing, like, (laughs) you know, like going down a country lane and like doing like all these silly things. And like, she's doing like all like the parallel bars off the back of the horse. It's just like, they keep one upping themselves. And it it I was just dying. Oh, that scene is during that.
1: The best that that scene had me cracking up when she when she's standing on the horse and then like you know vaults herself into the tree and is doing the parallel bars and the, I'm like, oh my God, this movie is fantastic. And then she lands perfectly back on the horse. Oh, and, and then we see the horse later on in the movie on the end of the runway of an aircraft character carrier, yeah. where she's trying to catch him take off. Oh, it's so good. she she's one of these actresses that she's not in a lot of stuff that people would even remember or know about other than the, the two hotshots movies. She's also in rain, man, but she's just so amazing as an actress. She's so fun. She's so funny. She's adorable and she's likable. And she's just like, again, you know, earnest and genuine in this role. Like you just really believe everything. She says she's got, She says all these
0: lines so matter of fact that are just absolute nonsense. Well, that's what I was just about to say. She really holds her own throughout this whole thing. And, you know, given that this is like a very male-dominated movie, you know, the type of female role you expect to see in this thing is the type of female role you expect in a lot of these movies on the non-spoof side Mm -hmm. where they're just kind of eye candy and, and they don't have a lot to do. And you and I are always complaining about that. But in the reality here, like, she's got some of these great lines throughout the film, you know, like she, some of the scenes like where she's playing off of him and things like that. She also has a completely straight face, yeah. you know, like she's really knocking it out of the park. Um, one of the, the goofy things that I read is that she claims the scene where they're doing like the, the bacon, uh, like cooking like, like the food on her and everything. And it starts off with like the olive in her, in her yeah. belly button that she actually flicked that into her mouth. Like, for real. Like that wasn't like trick photography or anything. Like she actually managed to like do that. So, That's like, awesome. What a, what a skilled lady. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best way I
1: can even define this is like Topper is kind of like a womanizer. He's, you know, he's very flirtatious. He knows that he's great. He walks into her office and says the long legs. And she just turns to him and she goes, I just had them lengthened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Yeah. <laughs> It's so great. <laughs> it just cracks me up. She's so fun, and something that we'll get to at some point in in twenty twenty three. She she returns for the sequel, which I love that she comes back in the sequel because so many movies we never see what happened to some of the characters in the sequel. One of my biggest complaints about Batman Returns is we don't ever see Kim Basinger again. We don't see. Uh, Elliot knox come back in that movie and you don't know whatever happened to them like in in hot shots part two he goes you know he says in all the jungles of all the world you had to come crawling into this one and and she goes and she goes to him and i'll never forget goes Taper, it was the sequel i had to come (laughs) (laughs) and it's just so great it's so wonderful and i'm i can't wait hope we get to that movie i would love it now, I'm going to skip over the next on the list because I want to save that person for last, and I want to dive into John Cryer's character. Yes. And and John Cryer plays Jim Washout Flansky or something like that. Foppenbock, I think. Foppenbock, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And John Cryer is so funny in his whimsy and just like this silliness about him. And you can totally see why when they did Two and a Half Men that they knew that him and Charlie Sheen would have good chemistry together because they had such good chemistry in the scenes they had together in this movie. They're funny together. They're fun. They're hilarious. He basically has this disorder. That yeah, and he has- I texted
0: you about it because it so cracked me up wall eye vision <laughs> and you're like how could he even be a pilot and when you, whenever you see like hit him from
1: his point of view it's like this giant fish eye lens yeah, it's
0: <laughs> such a brilliant sight gag because it's like it's already so funny that like somebody like him would have managed to get as far as he did into this like career and then every time he's looking at <laughs> it's just, it's just like, like charlie sheen or like the drill sergeant and they like get like right up and it's like this hyper fish island <laughs> and like their faces are all distorted and they're like you know like peering in their eye and and like moving their faces around and it's like <laughs> oh my god i was crying laughing it was so good <laughs> yeah
1: it's it's just so funny and like even when he goes to shake everybody's hands he misses everybody's hands when he shakes and, and they're like it's just but it's so natural that it looks like you would think that, that his, him, John Cryer, has this issue because he's so fluid when he tries to do certain things and he completely misses that it is amazing that they were able to pull it off. It just really cracks me up. It's and so by the fun. way,
0: I love like the secondary call signs that each like these secondary characters yes. have washout it's like it's so great uh w- william o'leary
1: plays peter deadbeat Dead thompson <laughs> and basically everything happens to him where basically it says like you know a black
0: cat runs by. Like that scene is fabulous. He can't find it starts off, he can't find his lucky gum. And then like the black cat, the broken mirror, he walks under a ladder. It's like, yes. like oh, do you want to sign this like life insurance? Oh, my no. pen's not out of ink. I'll get it when I get back. <laughs> and then I'm gonna tell you all about JFK. I figured out the secret. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so fabulous. Oh and, um, so fun.
1: and his wife is played by George Costanza's fiance, Heidi, uh, I always mess with her. Swedberg, she is so funny in the two scenes that she has when we meet her and the funeral when he
0: dies. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, it's so. That's one of the other great things with this film is like nobody ever just like crashes a plane and that's it. Like you know, yeah. like even like that opening scene, and it's really kind of bad that we didn't talk about. The opening? opening Oh, man. You know, 20 years earlier with, like, the story of what's, you know, he's dreaming about what had happened to his His father. father. And it's, like, like, he pops out of the plane, he, like, survives, and he, like, lands in the woods, and, like, his helmet's covered in, like, the sticks. And then it's like, deer season. (laughs) But, like, he just, like, survives, like, this (laughs) massive fall, and, like, all this... Like and then like same thing with him. Like he like doesn't he end up getting like hit by the ambulance? Oh, no, yes, he's hit by the ambulance. Like he 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 comes down. He lands in the desert. He like he gets dragged around. He gets like hit by the ambulance. They bring him to the hospital, and it's like. And it's, then he's going to be okay, but he's like, I'm in a hospital. What could possibly go wrong? Cut to funeral. <laughs> but, but no, th- there's a moment before
1: that where he goes. I'm in a hospital. What could go wrong? And then Topper goes, you've got him right. And the, and the doctor goes, well, I'm not a very good surgeon.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then it, and then it cuts, cuts him dead. It's just, it's so funny. It's so good. And oh man, and he's not in a lot of the movie, but every scene that he's in, you're like, Well, his name is Dead Meat. You know he's going to be the one that's going to die. You don't know how it's going to happen, but it's so funny and so good. It's amazing.
0: The other thing I got to jump back to with John Cryer's character too, is that like uh, during the incident where essentially Topper doesn't go for the flight that he's supposed to go and instead Washout does... And he can't fly, of course, because of his stupid eyes. <laughs> so he gets, like, busted down to, like, a radar like technician. Yes. And my favorite thing is then when we see him towards the end of the movie, he's got these, like, ridiculous glasses. Yes. And they have fish in them. Yes. And I was like, it's great because, like, he had, like, a fish eye lens view yeah. before. And now he literally has, like, fish in his eyes. In his lenses. In his <laughs> like, yes. glasses. Yeah, I was like, that, he, like, that's like a filmmaker gag right there oh totally (laughs) oh
1: it was so good and and like they're like and he comes on the radio goes, don't worry everybody i've got you on radar and like they're all like oh no and then he sneezes and he's like oh my god there's bogeys all over the place (laughs) (laughs) so good now i want to touch on um christy swanson who has literally three scenes in the whole movie and about two lines of dialogue. I was so bummed because she had such a small part in this movie. And I'm like, it's Christy Swanson. She's awesome. And she's like the only female pilot in the whole movie. And she doesn't really do anything other than like, she lands the plane at one point and, her face gets sucked into the the breathing face mask of the pilot, and you pull it off, and she looks like this giant, elongated, like, creature for a second. And I'm like,
0: why? Why is that a thing? They have several times during the movie where, like, they do that, like, goofy, stretchy effect sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I like where it's then... Towards the end of the movie when he's describing dad the reality he's, of what his dad did, and he's holding on to the wing. <laughs> like the wing like, comes off the plane and he's holding it, and the meanwhile, the guy's like, Hey, those are my socks. <laughs> <laughs> he likes Mr. Fantastics to hold on to yeah, the wing. Yeah. It's really
1: funny. So, so he
0: falls out of the plane, the guy's like, hey, get back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other great thing too is he falls. There's so many wonderful things about that scene. I could talk about the whole thing, but like he like falls into the cockpit with the guy. Yes, and comes <laughs> out like the jet intake. <laughs> like. Yes, he like weirdly comes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so bizarre.
1: And in the beginning of the movie, you don't realize that the other guy in the plane is Ryan Styles until this later part of the movie, and you see that Ryan Styles plays Mailman Farnham, who is. Somebody else's dad, and then you find out that John Crier's dad killed him in deer season and ate him. <laughs> and then John Crier goes, "But don't worry, I didn't have seconds or something like that." <laughs> you like, "What? What? How is that a thing? It's so funny." And I gotta talk about the only like antagonist in the movie is is kevin dunn who plays lieutenant commander block and he's the one who's sort of f- facilitating this whole like conspiracy to sabotage the planes and get the new planes in and he's got a relatively small role and he plays it pretty much
0: serious throughout the whole thing and well he's sort of like an unwitting bad guy yeah like you know he yeah he's the one that brings topper in and everything and he's like a little privy to the fact that they want to get these these new ones in but like he kind of comes clean and everything towards him which again is another one of those like goofy gags because he's hooked up to the iv and it's like sucking off of like one of like the other navy guys and Mm -hmm. the guy like slowly like deflates yes (laughs) and then they pull out the iv and there's just blood shooting all over the place
1: you're like what (laughs) And, and then as he's like you know Talking to Topper and apologizing for what he did, he goes, Don't worry, everything will go great at your court martial. Yeah. <laughs> he gets like, on the helicopter, <laughs> takes him away. So now I have to bring it home with by far the best character in the entire movie, and it is Lloyd Bridges, Admiral Benson. He is so funny in this movie that. It's almost hard to watch because you you want to just see 90 minutes of him just being this character. And when I was a kid and I saw this movie, I didn't really know who Lloyd Bridges was at this point. And I was like, this guy's
0: insane. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know when I was a kid. I didn't know this is not who he really would be. But well, he's just... So good. He is. He is amazing. And like, I love that he goes to like in like hot shots part due to be in like the president. Yes. <laughs> and he even has like, this great line at one point in the movie where he's like, Oh, that's not the president. I see that guy on the TV all the time. And he looks a lot like me. <laughs> like, yes. like he's so shot. Like he just like, I don't know how he would be in charge of anything. Yeah. And he's got all, like we said, all these weird injuries. Like he's got all these great lines. And yet he was the, Third choice to play this role. No way. Really? So you could probably guess who the first choice was.
1: I'm going to say something like Sean Connery or something like that.
0: No, come on. Think about the type of movie we're talking about here. Mm. Leslie Nielsen was oh, the, was the yeah. official offering. That but makes sense. Supposedly, yeah. um, he declined it and told Jim Abrams, I-, I think I've done enough spoof movies with you. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Which I'm a little surprised by, because I feel like that's kind of his bread and butter. Yeah. Um, Second person, which is amazing, but I, I think it would have been a very different version of this character, was George C. Scott.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I, honestly, I could not see anybody but Lloyd Bridges playing this character, because he's just so genuine, and he's just so fast with his jokes they just come like stream of consciousness they're just like fluid jokes that just fly off the, the handle and they just says funny things for the whole movie that I couldn't keep up taking notes on them because they were so good it really cracked me up and there's a, at one point when we're at dead meat's funeral they're doing the 21 gun salute <laughs> he, he pulls out a
0: revolver get and they're starts back. Sh- <laughs> they're back get down <laughs> <laughs> he starts shooting everybody well, and- yeah, he's like he's like grabs her and he like pulls oh. up her husband's casket and he goes no respect for a funeral <laughs> And then he throws a grenade at people. And he's shooting at the guys doing like the 21 gun salute. They're jumping into the water and things like that. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So brilliant. Oh, and I love, you know, I mean, like the famous one, of course, like you mentioned before, is when he's got like the, uh, he's like his ears, ears are bothering yeah. him. So he pulls out the cloth and he's like pulling it through his ears, which is an amazing gag. I'd really yeah. love to know how they did that. Um, and then the the other guy like pulls out his like earplugs and he goes, Oh, we use these, and he's like, Thank you, to eat them like pills. (laughs) <laughs> he, he's, he's like we we, we use earplugs like, okay he pops it in like two pills and
1: pulls out a glass of water and shoots him like nothing like it just was just natural it just came right to him I was like oh my god how did he do that it's so funny and it's just so natural at one point his hat blows off and i'm telling you this could not have been planned this this must have happened by accident that his hat blows off and he's like turn the boat around We gotta get this boat. He's like, they gotta get my hat. And he's he's like freaking out about the hat. And this is whole like three-minute tirade. Yeah, no, the guy's
0: like we're on a mission. He's like, oh fine. Well, he's like, mark the spot, we'll come back around for
1: it. (laughs) He's like, it may be a couple of days. And then he he goes, Well, send Kowalski and whoever are out on a boat and have them be. He's like, we could be gone for several days. He's like, ah, we'll get him when we come back. He's like, put him on a boat. He's like, I need my hat. How can I be Admiral without my hat? <laughs>
0: something like that. I think my other favorite thing, too, is that, like, he keeps referencing all these various battles that he was in yes. while the injuries, and one of the greatest ones is he finally says, I think it's when, like, they are towards the end of the movie, they're, like, he ch- like stops in front of, like, the bad guys or something like that. And he says like I think it's the where he's talking where he had like the skull replacement or whatever yes. from and he's like, I either got this at Little Bighorn or Okinawa, whichever <laughs> one didn't have the Indians or something like that. <laughs> it's just like Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's so
1: funny. And and that's the thing, like, you gotta remember, the a lot of the jokes that came in this movie are of that time. They may or may not be politically correct today, and you know, some audiences might be offended by these jokes. But if you go into it, knowing this is a spoof, and knowing that this is just a silly, nonsensical movie, where these crazy characters say these crazy things, and just suspend your disbelief, you will enjoy this movie, because it is that funny. And it makes you like, laugh at some of the uncomfortable things that they may say because it's just so funny that it comes out so naturally
0: i I love to another one that makes me think of is like in the beginning when they are doing the dances with wolves thing and they're speaking you know because we were talking so seriously you and i with dances with wolves how they like had got this woman in that spoke the lakota sioux language and the whole thing was translated properly and meanwhile the two of them are just like Latoya Tito Jackson, like, you know, like, you know, like, like it's just ridiculous, <laughs> and, and then like passing around a helium pipe, yeah, <laughs> and <for> helium,
1: <laughs> and the chief is listening to "Can't Touch This" by by MC Hammer, and yeah. like, there's a lot of timely jokes. On it. Like, like MC Hammer was huge at this time, and they're playing that song a couple times through the movie, and it's just like a reference joke, and it's just so funny that you know the way they do this and yeah you just gotta think about it like the the dialogue they were even saying and they were you know making up a fake native american language by saying certain words but they're also saying things like when they're in the plane like and they're calling like black cat like they they say these crazy lines like uh
0: lumberjack uh weird kinds of stuff that doesn't make any sense. Well, the the lumberjack thing is like (laughs) after like the, uh, topper and her meat and like, they're going to like walk back to her place, which by the way, She's like, oh, do you want to walk me back to my place? And, and then it's like, like next door like, to the club. <laughs> but it's like, the, she's like kind of like saying to him, like, I can go all night like a lumberjack. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, I'm like, do lumberjacks go all night? <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? I <laughs> exactly. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> but it's just so
1: funny. And oh, man, it just really makes me laugh because there's just so many Funny thing. I'm like
0: looking through the list of stuff you wrote down. And one of the ones you have here is like, I thought I saw Elvis, and then like at the end of the movie when it's like the faces of the people who had died in the air, like one of them's just Elvis, <laughs> just dissolve into Elvis. At one point when when
1: Topper's having a flashback, he hears George H. W. Bush's voice <laughs> doing the "Read My Lips" speech, and you're like, what? Why is he hearing no new taxes? For no reason, for no reason at all. It's just really, really funny. You know, there's just really good stuff.
0: And yeah, I mean, like now, you know, I think we've covered the main stuff. This is where it's fun for me just looking through your notes and something because like, as you said, Michael did a bunch of notes, but it's very stream of consciousness. And most of it is really just like. Lines pointing out some of the silly stuff, like you have here, like Dead Meat has a Perrier logo on his yes. plain suit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like there's so many great little things
1: like that that are in here. So essentially, the the main end of the movie is they're going after Saddam Hussein's nuclear base, right? And then uh, Lloyd Bridges' character goes at one point. There's a secondary target for a mime school, and <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? a mime school <laughs> it's so funny and they just say it's just ridiculous things and then like you know he gets off the plane like oh you won the war and like, what are you gonna do topper and he goes i'm going to disneyland yeah. and they like they like <laughs> hand him like
0: ten thousand dollars fourth wall like, he's like <laughs> looking into the camera it's like just like when people would used to win the, like the super bowl and all yeah. that <laughs> i like too with the money thing it made me think of when i saw that again at the end of the film that, like, um, at the funeral, he's like, Here, I, I like scrimped and saved this 2500 You know, like, you you need this. And he hands it to her, and she's like, Oh, this will go so well with the $3 million I won on this lucky lotto. Thank you. She goes, I'll buy more
1: hats. Yeah. I like hats. And <laughs> it's like, What? I like hats. Oh, my God. It's so good. And there's just, oh, this is a movie that if you haven't seen it, go back and rewatch it you'll really enjoy it just suspend your disbelief have a laugh for 90 minutes and stay and watch through the credits because there is some funny (laughs) stuff in the credits the credits start off with a brownie recipe then it goes for a list of things to do after the movie and then it goes to a
0: Nobby buns recipe and then it it just has this random yeah, they, stuff they litter there and i think they did this in airplane and maybe some of the other ones too they kind of like litter their credits with like silly things like that i don't remember if it was this movie or airplane or one of them where like it gets through most of the way through the credits and it goes like all right pop quiz like who was the assistant director and like you know <laughs> like like it's just like questioning like so it's like it's just it's so great because you know when you go through film school, you start to get a little like, you know, pretentious and like, you know know what? I got to stay through the whole credits. I got to really see these people's names and recognize what they did. And in fairness, like it's true. There's a lot of people that go into making a movie and they very often don't get the credit they deserve. But like, you know, a lot of people check out once the credits start rolling, which is the whole reason why Marvel and people do post credit scenes is it gets you to stick around and sit and watch the people in the movie. But this is another really fun way to do that, which is just kind of throwing in like these like goofy little tidbits. But I wish they would do that more in like yeah. comedy films or things like that these days, because it, it was great. Another funny credit thing I, I kind of cracked me up is it's credited as Saddam Hussein is playing himself. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is not really the case. It's yeah. actually a guy named um, Jerry Haleva. Um, and he's the same guy who plays Hussein in, in, in The uh, Seagull, which he has a much bigger yeah well naturally in that film just much more about about dealing with him um but i thought that was pretty funny that it's just credited as like saddam hussein himself and again very topical to the time
1: yeah oh totally and it, it just the, honestly this movie holds up i think it's still funny to this day i i highly recommend it i really enjoyed it this was a lot of fun it, it made me laugh out loud many many times and like i said it was hard to take notes because I kept missing stuff. I kept rewinding back to hear another joke because I wanted to laugh at it so much.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in reality, this is like what we've done here is the closest that we can get to really doing any kind of justice for this movie. We always say this when we really like a movie, I'm going to stress it big, big extra time this time. Do yourselves a favor, go back out and rewatch hot shots. It's so worth watching it's still really funny. I mean, even despite some of the timely humor to it for things that were going on at that time, it's, if you know about it, it adds a little bit extra fun, but it still holds up, you know, after all this time, despite it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you just have seen any movie that's in this film genre of, you know, the fighter plane fighter pilot sort of thing, this movie will have you in stitches. And even if you haven't, this movie will have you in stitches because it's just, It it delivers on its own little story while still just doing plenty of just goofy, silly stuff throughout.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, Pete, what is next month?
0: Hmm. What is next month? (laughs) I forget because the problem is now that we've switched over to doing this, like um, where we're having people vote, I like don't keep it all in my (laughs) head anymore. Let me look up what our, our list is because we have a few things that people are going to be able to vote on. Oh, boy. And uh, the other thing, the other little bit of business that we got to do here is we got to pull the winner out of the hat for oh. the um, Terminator brain chip. That's the one of the things I want to knock out here. Before OK, we're, I have the list for those, next month. OK, so uh, the one and this is the one that I stuck on our, our socials poster with the big question mark on it is Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Uh, boom. We also have dead again. Um, we've done Terminator 2 and Hot Shots, so those aren't coming back, but we will give another chance to Doc Hollywood. I would also
1: like to, even though it, uh, fell pretty far down the list, I'd like to throw in Boys in the Hood and do Freddy's Dead, Dead Again, Doc Hollywood and Boys in the Hood and see which would be the winner there.
0: (laughs) Okay, um... I guess we could do that. I mean, technically Child's Play 3 should be the number four spot, but... But I... I yeah, really? I mean, we did have a lot of people voting on Boys in the Hood. So we'll, we'll call this our wild card yeah, round. We'll either let you guys pick between Freddy's Dead or Dead Again, which are like number one and number two for the month. Or we'll go back and, and kind of like serve up one more chance for Doc Hollywood or Boys in the Hood to to pull it out. That works. Who, who's calling? <laughs> I, I
1: have my GoPro set up outside doing a time lapse to watch the storm. so nice. that I, And I have to keep changing the batteries so that it doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> you got your little waterproof housings with the electric uh, that runs to it. <laughs> oh, boy. October is going to be fantastic. I'm just looking ahead. We've got The Fisher King, which was the initial number one. We have Deceived, which I don't know what that movie is ricochet which i believe is a denzel washington movie but number four on the list which i pray would win is one of my all-time favorite movies and i'm just flubbing the numbers here about you yeah i know this about you necessary roughness When we get to October, you all better vote for necessary roughness
0: because it's going to be one hell of a month to talk about. Oh man, I hope it will come. Oh, we're going to have to throw down because I'm a big Fisher King person.
1: <laughs> really? Yes. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, we'll have to, we'll Robin to Williams
0: and Jeff Bridges. I don't need to say any more than that.
1: <laughs> fair. Fair.
0: Okay. So,
1: who who is our list for for this uh, Terminator prize? Okay, so
0: I've I've thrown the people's names into my little random name generator here. Um, I'm sad to say we didn't have a huge turnout of names on this. We had a few pretty loyal listeners to the show toss their names in the hat. So I'm happy at least that that's the case because hopefully it goes to um, one of these folks that uh, that does listen and actually does respond quite frequently on our social cool. media but next time people get in on this maybe i need to come up with a better prize maybe people weren't uh really dying for a terminator um keychain uh, keychain <laughs> um but let me roll the button here this is um, random.org is gonna let us take a stab at this so boom all right drum roll boom <coughs> Oh, hey! One of our old uh, school buddies, Marcos Cosme, is our winner. <laughs> Ooh, congratulations, Marcos!
1: Very Congrats,
0: cool. Yes. Um, so, Marcos has actually um, been a, a uh, great listener to the show. He's he's um, given us some um, points to think about doing over time, like when we were um, talking a couple episodes back about who would we recast or things like that in like a new version of this movie. So. Um, which is something I think we we might uh, stick with doing some more over time. But um, congrats, Marcos. That's, that's your Terminator keychain. And hey, that's I don't even have to ship that very far. I think that's a Jersey to Jersey. Uh, there you go. Shipping. <laughs>
1: Not too bad. So anyway, if you live in the Northeast and you're preparing for Henri, just like me, good luck. Bunker down. Do what you got to do. Go get gas if you haven't gotten it already because the gas lines were crazy today. Uh, Otherwise, you know, I want to just share a little bit of information. I did go to the movies recently. (laughs) And I'm going to leave this as a spoiler at the end here. Everyone I thought I was going to go to was going to be Black Widow, but instead I went to see Free Guy in the theater the other day and it was amazing. <laughs> amazing movie. Unbelievable. Super fun. Like I really it, want to see it. <laughs> oh, it it was the best way to go back to the theater I could think of. It was just fantastic. There is Speaking of sight gags, this movie is littered with it. And there's just so many things in the movie that you're just like, you as a video game
0: fan... Well, I was about to with, say, there's, there's nothing about it that doesn't look 100% appealing to me. Like When oh. I saw the trailer initially... Your head might explode. Ryan Reynolds, enough said. But then, like, yeah, just like the visual nature of it, it looks awesome. Like, it looks like it's just full of like really fun, like graphical stuff. Video games. I mean, no, it it definitely seems like a perfect movie for
1: me. I'm literally going to spoil nothing because it's so good. You must go see this movie. However, you can get to the theater. I went on a Monday at one o'clock in the afternoon with my father in law to the 3d screening of the movie there was literally no one else in the theater it was me my father-in-law a cashier a ticket taker and like a manager in the whole theater (laughs) and they were running every screen like crazy and it was unbelievable i got the full leather reclining seats because you guys know i just had a i had knee surgery so i was like i was like i want the reclining theater leather back push the button I sat there for two hours, fully relaxed. It's fantastic. (laughs) Unbelievable. I will tell you, there is no post-credits. You don't need to stay to the end if you don't want to. But it is excellent. Super great. Unbelievable. Ryan Reynolds kills it. Everybody in this cast is so good. And uh, if you know anything about the Marvel movies, you know who uh, Taika Waititi is. And he plays a major part in the movie, too. And he is amazing in this movie, too. Everybody's good.
0: That's awesome. Uh, We very nearly went to the movies. Um, It was uh, my wife's uh, birthday the other day. And so um, I took her out to dinner and actually at the place where we went to dinner, there was an AMC nearby. So we walked over there and we were just like, all right, you know, we'll go see if we want to see a movie. We just got to figure out if any of the times work. And funny enough, there was like a free guy that was like, like starting like, like two minutes or something when we got there. (laughs) um and then we were thinking about black widow but we had to wait like an hour and change for that to start mm-hmm. so like we ended up actually just not going but i i do want to get back to the theater. i know one of the things you and i were chatting about when you mentioned that you went to this the other day is the flip side of kind of the the attitude you just had which is that it was just you and your father-in-law and, like two people there which is like it's kind of sad it's you know, really still it was, for like you know for like the movie industry and yeah Um, One of the things, hopefully, uh, you know, I've been trying to get my act together some of the past uh, box office 30 episodes um, to talk about state of the movie theater in 2021, because we've had a few months now where they've been kind of more open again. Yeah. A lot more movies have been releasing, some of them simultaneously, some of them exclusively to theater. So look out for that. I'd like to really get that together for our next box office 30 episode. um, Yeah, let's talk talk about that state of the movie theater kind of in in 2021 and kind of what's going on with that but if with that in mind for you out there in listener land if you have gone and seen a movie or if you haven't for reasons i'd like to hear about it because i'd be curious what our listeners are doing out there you know it's one thing to talk about the stuff that i can read in some of these news articles and things like that but i'd be really curious on the perspective of some of our listeners have you gone to the movies do you want to go to the movies what's keeping you at this point you know, what's happening in, in the movie world for you, you know? So like, what is your perspective? So let us know on our socials. We are box office three zero on Facebook and Twitter and box office, thirty on Instagram. Also check out our
1: website. If you want to see any of our backlog of episodes, which is www.boxoffice30.com. And, like and subscribe on whatever your podcasting platform is to get the day and date release of our episodes, which come out every other Friday. And if you want to get some sweet merch, you can go to our Tee Public store and buy a mask to see <laughs> <Buy> you. Buy a Delta variant
0: mask. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. You know, like right now, our, our T Public Store is a little lame. It's pretty much just the Box Office Thirty logo on a bunch of different things, which is which is fine because I did a darn good job on that logo. If I it is, it is a good
1: logo it myself, good
0: kind of a really cool isometric design. But maybe I need to like create like the Box Office Thirty Delta variant <laughs> to <laughs> to put on masks and things. that. That's what I should really come out with. Some of our are sayings like, yeah, we'll see you in the movies. Nope, not this year. Cause it seems like maybe that's going to end up being the case
1: here. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I got it. And next episode, when we talk about the movie theaters a little bit more. I want to go deeper into what I thought about the theater in general. Um, the, and i had an amazing experience i had amazing time it felt like coming home again but there's a lot of other things i want to discuss in our next episode Ooh, next time yeah <laughs> but again thanks friends for listening and, and tuning into us And i hope you enjoyed this review of hot shots and we'll see
0: you next time bye friends
1: been a presentation of the Retro Network.